So a couple weeks back, I was hanging out with a friend of mine grabbing tacos at a spot here in Minneapolis called El Burrito Mercado. And as we were sitting there, we were talking about the creative process. He asked me about what my practice regimen looks like lately. And he was surprised to find out that I actually don't really spend any time practicing anymore. At least not like what it used to when I was back studying music in college. It totally looks different. And the reason why, there's kind of two reasons why I think about it. The number number one reason why is because I spent the majority of my first uh, recording sessions approaching them what I would consider to be the complete unhealthy approach when it comes to creating with other people. That's number one. And number two, it was impactive. My, my entire, actually not just music, but photography, writing, uh, the podcast, all of it has been impacted and changed by my deep dive into studying other interviewers. And here's what I mean. Here's a little behind the scenes of this podcast and what it's looked like over the years. Every time I reach out to somebody now that I'm going to have on the podcast as a guest, one of the things I always tell them is that this is not an interview. This is what I call an intentional conversation that we maybe sometimes we'll have a direction of things I want to talk about, but more often than not, what will happen is we'll just sit down and have a conversation and every single time they will say something that will spark my curiosity and interest. And I will ask them more questions about that. And we'll go down a completely different way, like terrain than I thought we were going to in the conversation uh, and we will discover what the whole uh, conversation is about as we are talking. So this actually came about because I approached podcasting in a completely opposite way at the very beginning. When I first started out, I thought of this as, you know, I'm interviewing people. So I need to come in with a specific list of the things that I want to talk about uh, in these conversations. So I'm going to have a list of all the questions I want to ask them so I can be as respectful with the time and all this stuff, whatever. That was my approach. And it just wasn't, I don't know, my first conversations I recorded with this, like that I was considering interviews just didn't feel natural. They didn't feel like me. They didn't, I felt like I was like, well, honestly, if I'm thinking about it, it actually felt a lot like how my first recording session experiences looked like. Well, man, how this is, this is how they would often look like when I first started, like my very first professional studio um, sessions when I was about like 1920, I would go in and I thought, well, my job is I am, I'm a bass player. So they're bringing me in to come in with like ideas and give the best bass performance I possibly can. So oftentimes they would send demos of the songs that we were going to record. And what I would do is I'd sit down with those demos and I would come up with what I thought was the very best freaking baseline. You want your damn baseline? Here's your damn baseline. And this, this is like, this is what I think is like the best thing. This is the one thing I should do. And I would like, hold on to it. This is my idea. And then come in and inevitably 
like seriously, just about every time what would happen is we'd get into a session and the drummer would maybe play something different than what was in the demos or like the guitar player would like, Oh, I got this other idea. And they do something different. And it would go in a completely different trajectory than what I was planning on. Uh, and my, my one singular idea I'm right now, I'm like, uh, in one hand, I'm holding a microphone in the other hand, I've got, I'm like making this fist as I'm talking, screaming into the mic. But, uh, I would, I would, that's the kind of visual I had. I would like hold on to this idea super tight, this one idea. And it would be like so creatively painful for me when anything would change because then now my one idea no longer works. So what I later started realizing is that more importantly uh, is to come into a session with as many ideas as possible and hold them loosely with an open hand uh, to see where the, where it goes. Um, and this concept was solidified by my, when I first started diving into this podcast years back, I did a deep dive on a ton of different, uh, interviewers that I respected. So I, I dove in and researched Oprah and her technique and approach. And like, uh, Larry King was another favorite of mine and his approach was completely different. So I dove into him and then I discovered one of my all time favorite interviewers. His name's Cal Fussman. And I became aware of him initially because he used to write a column in Esquire magazine called, uh, what was it called? It's called what I learned. And if you, you can Google it and read some of his articles, he's written interviewing leaders, athletes, musicians, uh, he's freaking brilliant, but his entire interview process is, it's really actually very musical. Like it's, he wants it to be conversational, uh, and in the moment, and he wants to have a massive emphasis on listening and being present with this person. So uh, and like his whole thing was like, okay, by the way, side tangent, if you ever watch Larry King, like on Larry King live, when he was interviewing people all the time, his style is he has papers in front of him and he just has a massive list of questions. And so it almost like, to me, I love Larry King's, uh, conversations with people, but sometimes it can be less conversational than sums, but more just the rapid fire, just nonstop questions. And, uh, Cal Fussman, who, although he was mentored by Larry King has a different approach. And what he will do is he will sit down before interviewing someone and he will write out as many questions as he can think of, like just hundreds, just on a piece of paper, uh, write out all the questions that he can think of to ask this person. And then he will go for a walk and he will read over the questions and he will internalize them. And he calls this filling his jukebox. And what will happen then is his ritual before going into an interview is he will rip up that piece of paper and throw it away. Like symbolically, these are now internalized. I no longer need this. And he will go in and have a conversation with someone. And his inevitability is that this person will at some point say something that will trigger, like kind of like when you press the buttons on a jukebox, it will trigger a question that he had, had thought of before and he'll ask that. So it, like listening to any of his conversations with people is like this beautiful dance between uh, like interactive listening and just presentness while also out of nowhere, it just seems you'll just land this crazy, brilliant, deep, articulate question. Where the hell did that come from? It's because his jukebox internally is completely full of them. And I realized that for me, not only just with this podcast, which I've completely stolen that approach, by the way, but also musically, uh, 
Like my job as an artist is to fill my jukebox of ideas constantly. And the way I do that is I've just, I've completely quit practicing the bass. And I mean, like I will prep tunes if I'm playing a show, like I'll go and memorize the songs and run them till I get it under my fingers. But like when it comes to creativity, I no longer just like sit down with the metronome or run scales or any of this stuff. Now I am I'm more following my own curiosity into music. So I will try to listen to as much music as possible as possible. And at some point I will hear something that will inspire me and I'll be like, oh man, what is that? What is that melody? How do they play that? And it's not just bass, it's be piano or drum, the rhythmic of a drum uh fill. I will spark something within me that's like, oh man, I gotta check that out. So I'll sit down and figure it out. And then that gets internalized within me. And so over the years, I've just internalized all these like ideas and phrases so that at some point now, whether it's a session or it's a, a live show, someone does something different and it will, it will trigger this idea from my internal jukebox of creativity. And so I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I've been thinking about like, man, actually that really totally connects to every single thing I do, whether it's writing or even photography. Okay. Photography is a great idea. I never practice freaking photography. Like I, what I will do is, I mean, I'm sitting here and to my left, I've just got a bunch of photography books of artists that I respect. And a lot of times if I have like a morning off, I'll just go through them. And when I'm looking through them, I, what I've realized is what I'm doing is I'm filling my creative jukebox of ideas, whether it's like portraiture of how someone could be standing or positioned or lighting. I'm just filling it up in my mind or like maybe I'll see something I'm like, man, the, I love that motion blur. What was that? How, what kind of shutter speed do I need to capture this? So then I will try to figure that out in my own time. And then what will happen is, okay, like this weekend, I'm going in. I mean, I've got a portrait session with an artist and I am, it's really easy for me. Anytime I'm going, this is so dumb. I'm sharing this with you, but anytime I go, I go in with, to do something creative where I'm co co-creating with somebody else, just about every freaking time I do that. I get like, I second guess myself. There's this period of like doubt where I go like, what if I show up and I don't have any ideas. What if I've used all, what if my jukebox is completely empty or what if I go in, I don't have anything to offer. So I just have this like whole process of, I just am second guessing myself. And the only thing that really helps me like calm myself down is trusting the process, trusting that, no, I've done, I've done the creative work of filling my jukebox. I trust that in this moment, something they do, some way they stand, something we see, some part of the conversation about where they're at in their artistic journey musically is going to inspire a visual concept in my mind. Maybe there's something about the lighting. They'll be like, oh yeah, this here's an idea. It doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere. It's going to trigger an idea out of my creativity jukebox. So right now, lately, I've just been thinking about that as a process. Like, um, if you were to feel stuck right now, creatively, like, what do I, what do I focus on? What should I be doing? Like, what would happen if instead of, I don't even know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to land this plane. I, <laughs> like, I'm just kind of obsessed with that. And it kind of delights me a little bit. Like the, the act of filling my jukebox is like a longevity thing for me. Like that's a sustainable thing. That's like, if I'm focusing on that, 
I'm probably not going to get burnt out feeling like I'm doing the same thing over and over, feeling like I'm in a rut because I'm following my curiosity into the world of wherever, whatever it is. Like I, I think it's keeping things fresh if I'm constantly filling my jukebox. So right now, wherever you're at in life, if you feel stuck, if you feel stagnant, if you're nervous about like a creative project that's coming up right now, or you just don't know what to focus on, what if instead of practicing, you took a break from that for a second and you just thought about whatever it is that you do, how can you fill your creative jukebox? <laughs> I just freaking love that shit. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.